Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Ramon Foster Show. I'm your host, Eddie Provident. With me is the man himself, Ramon Foster. As you can see, Ramon, like I said yesterday, I am a man of my word. Yeah, you are. I got my orange on for you. Yeah, you are, Eddie. <laughs> hey, sometimes just being a dude is doing the right thing, man. And you're doing the right thing. It's all right. Hey, man. Hey, I got I to gotta keep my word. Uh, speaking of a dude doing the right thing, Ramon. I want to talk to you today about Cam Hayward, your former yeah. teammate, uh, one of the captains of this football team. And honestly, I think now that that Ben is retired and gone, I think that he is probably the heartbeat of that locker room. Uh, speaking from a press side, from the media side, uh, there is not a dude who treats us better. There's not a dude who is more accommodating for us. There's not a person that is more even keel, uh, you know, whether they win, whether they lose, he's available in the locker room every week. Um, anything that this guy has asked, he does it. And before we get into the press release from the Steelers yesterday, I just want to ask you uh, your personal thoughts about Cam Hayward, because I know you guys have had some fun going back and forth with the shows and everything. Um, but talk to me about Cam Hayward, the teammate. Man, uh, a guy that cares. Uh, on the field and off the field too, man. Uh, legitimately can always reach out to a guy like him. Legitimately can always just have a conversation with him. Not if not and and not just guys who are starters. Guys who are just playing their role on the team, man. It's it's good, you know, when he's around like that because he's always gonna be vocal. He's always gonna push the envelope, man. His house is always open to guys, and it's just one of them dudes that you see him. You're like, man, he. He, he could fly above. And, you know, I always kind of say that a lot. Like, dudes that are at his status, what he's done in his league and in his career in college. Also, like, Cam is old a, a certain bit of just, man, he can have some arrogance about him. But he's not. And that's what I've always appreciated about him, whether he's just being a dude that's joking around the guys or he's a guy that's, you know, holding court as far as just, you know, trying to get guys to get on the same page with stuff. That's always been him. Family guy, man, you know what his values are uh, and, and how, you know, him being a legacy in this league, how he upholds his dad, um, how he uh, respects and loves his mom. You see that and you also see that mm -hmm. resonating with, uh, with how he is with his kids, man. Cam is truly one of them dudes that um, if you're lucky to draft him um, as late as they did. You you know you have a guy, man, 31st overall draft pick in the 2011 NFL draft. And to watch where he's become from the moment he got at the facility on the south side to actually going to Latrobe and, and starting camp, he's been the exact same guy but mm -hmm. gotten better as a person. Yeah, I I look at someone like Cam, like you said, drafted in the first round, late first round, but drafted in the first round, uh, you know, his dad was in the NFL. Uh, yeah. His dad played at Pitt. So, you know, coming into a city where, you know, people were familiar with his family. Uh, and then, you know, now on this side of his career, towards the end of his career, not yeah. saying he's going to retire anytime soon, but, you know, he's this is his 12th season in the NFL. Um, yeah. Now his younger brother is on the team. Uh, Cam has had every excuse, like you said, to be arrogant or, you know, to he's had a lot of high expectations yeah. that he could have fell short on. But, when I tell you that every time there's an expectation for Cam Hayward and every time the bar is set higher than it was the year before, every time that there's a that you would think there's a reason for this dude finally to bow out, and he right. never does, Ramon. He never no. does. He's a he's a special type of individual. And I think 
as Pittsburghers, as Steelers fans, we are so lucky to have this dude as a part of our community, as a guy that we root for as fans, as a guy that I interact with and everyone else in the media interacts with as a person. Uh, We're just lucky to have this guy in our city. You are. And right now, he's necessary um, for a lot of different reasons. You know, um, just just watching the way this defense is right now, um, trying to get it, you know, on track to be what we know and expect it to be. But also on the offensive side, we see the effects he's had with Najee. You know, having being him have uh, be somebody that's grooming him to show him what leadership is about, show him what work is is about. I think we saw the effects of that with the way Najee came back from camp. Now I know Najee did that on his own, but you know, you had a guy like Cam in his area, young boy. What you doing today, young fella? Are we working? You know, yep. guiding like we're we're seeing the, the the remnants of it right now with how Demarvin Leal is getting in the game yep. and playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's those things that are really uh, important and you don't see on a day-to-day basis because that's inside the locker room types of things. So him being in the community the way he has been or just being a guy as of late, man, that's uh, really pushing the envelope on not just being an athlete. We see his community work and the Steelers kind of highlighted that. Yeah, and speaking of his community work, uh, you know, yesterday on Monday, uh, Monday morning, the Steelers released a, uh, you know, they put a press release out that um, he's doing a, uh, he announced a Cam's Kindness Week. And so every day this week, he's got something planned uh, out in the community, Ramon, yeah. just just going out into the community and doing things. Like yesterday, he was at Children's Hospital, uh, you know, he was, you know, doing a like a game show that they had. He was a the special guest host. Uh, today he's in McKee sport for a ribbon cutting. Wow. Uh, you know, he's got other things going on, like some community cleanups this week and, and just, you know, toy, you know, toy drive stuff, like just things that, that solidify him as a legitimate bona fide part of this community. And, you know, uh, from a, from a, you know, again, from a fan standpoint, stepping away from media and everything, because I grew up a football fan. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I love to see from players. This is the kind of stuff that we, you know, we always want to see from players. You know, mm-hmm. guys that are giving back to the community. But I know you can attest to this because you were another. I, you were a guy that was very involved in the community. How yeah. hard? Just just give people a little glimpse, though. You know, how hard is it for for a, a professional athlete? to make that time and carve that time out because, you know, like you said, Cam's a family man. Yeah. Cam's a leader on this football team. So he's got to be in the weight room. He's got to be in the film room. He's got to go get treatment. He's got to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus still be a dad, plus still be a son. Yeah. And now he's finding time. He's carving time out of his schedule to spend an entire week in the community. How hard is it to do that, Ramon? Man, it's, it, it can be tough, especially during the season, considering the one thing is you need more of, you don't get, and that's time. Right. You know, like the you, you spend time going to do those things. But I'll say this too. Cam recognizes it, man. Being in Pittsburgh for over a decade, even myself, you know, Cam is in year 12 now. Like the way that community is still a nation supports you. Yeah, and I'll say this, not just in the city, but outside the city. That, mm-hmm. to me, is is what drives a guy to go do those types of things, though, to not just be a player that'll leave an impact there and, and to actually have some value, not just on the field, but in the city. 
Um, I, I appreciate guys that spearhead that type of stuff because you don't find it everywhere. You know, sometimes you got to be forced into those things or uh, people make a big fuss about it. No, like Cam is willing and wanting to do those things. I think he was a uh, Walter Payton man of the year last year for the Steelers. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, at the rate that he's going right now, it wouldn't surprise me at the NFL awards night that 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 award goes to him. And it's a sense of pride. It's a sense of um, just understanding that, this league gives you so much and the fans pour in so much to it also that being able to give back is something that uh, a lot of guys honestly should do more of. Yeah. And we talked about it yesterday uh, in the third segment about Mike Tomlin and how, you know, Mike Tomlin, it's not about ego with Mike Tomlin. It's about, you know, being right. And, but admitting when you're wrong and, you know, Mm -hmm. learning how one of the things that I, I love about Mike Tomlin and you see it in Cam Hayward, I think we saw it in your career. We saw, you know, you know, the second half of Ben's career. We saw it. It's about being, you know, a a man. It's about understanding how to be a a father and a productive member of society. And -hmm. I know that as fans, we get caught up in wins and losses In media. We get caught up in wins and losses because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. But what I love about the Steelers organization more than anything, Ramon, is how much for the players it's about wins and losses. But it seems to me that it's equally about being uh, a good human being. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. From the time that you walk in that locker room, you hear guys say that no matter which era they played in, that right there is always constant. Yep. We'll take a quick, quick break. When we come back, we got some more football. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We have a football game to talk about because, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's speaking later today um, and he's you know how he's going to pump up the tires on the on the New York Jets. Uh, By the time we're done with Mike Tomlin's press conference today, it's going to sound like the Jets are a Super Bowl contender (laughs) because that's what he does. Right. Uh, But there's let's let's just like be real about this. It's two one and two football teams. I think both teams are disappointed with how the first three weeks of the season have gone. Um, we might be, we talked about this yesterday. We might be seeing Zach Wilson um, talk a little bit about the preparation for a team like the jets and you know, how important it is for the Steelers to get to that two and two record instead of being one and three, man, just to get back even, it's just almost like you're re- resetting the season in a sense, you know, just, <laughs> climbing out of uh some losses man it it, it it sucks because for every win that you get is it's almost as if you know well we got to go get another well what if it's a tougher opponent you know to like to like it I, I remember when we started off the season zero and four and it was by far the hardest climb out because you're chasing that number and that bigger number man gets harder and harder trying to get above 500 it's almost like you're you're trying to stay afloat in the middle of the ocean you know like to go that far under 500 man it sucks it changes the mentality of everything you do everything inside the building is heightened so survival of this week and conquering um the jets to me is it's like numeral owner i don't care if it's by one point or by a hundred you know, this this team is you 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 have to see them and and really just punch them in the mouth because it's a matter of not us. Okay. Like it legitimately is not us. It's a home game. You gotta put a better showing on display for that crowd because they crave that. They crave the idea that there is a standard of winning. And I think the 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 Patriots loss slipped away. 
Um, this can't be another one of those AFC East teams that you just kind of walk into your house and take a dub from you. Yeah. Um, what about the quarterback play on the other side of the ball? We've been talking about Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much all season now, but on the other side of the field, you've got Zach Wilson, who is coming off an injury, uh, maybe ready. We don't know yet. Uh, as of Tuesday, we don't know. Um, Versus Joe Flacco, who is, you know, the veteran. But when we say veteran, he really is a veteran and he's an older guy. Like how do you know, how do you think that's going to I mean, would you rather, I guess, as a as a player, would you rather which one of those two would you rather see? I know as a fan, I'd rather an immediate I'd rather see Joe Flacco come in. Um, I think there's a familiar familiarity there. Uh, I can't talk today, (laughs) but you're you, you know, the Steelers know Joe Flacco and you kind of know what to expect where Zach Wilson has that high ceiling. Don't really know what to expect yeah. from him. I mean, how do you think that is going to, you know, change the defensive scheme for the Steelers? I'd almost like to have um, Zach Wilson. Really? I would. I think you were going to say that, man. <laughs> no, I want, I want Zach Wilson because he's still young enough. He's all, he also hasn't been in the lineup. He also um, don't have chemistry with his with his wide receivers. Probably the same way that Joe Flacco does. Like, mm-hmm. let's uh, his numbers say that he's been somewhat decent here. I mean, he's under sixty percent passing, but he's fifty eight percent completion rate. He's got nine hundred and one yards, five touchdowns, and three interceptions. Like. They have a young team. They have an offensive line that's trying to piece itself together. They end up losing their starting right tackle for the year, Makai Becton. And and then you look at him and you say, one thing about Joe Flacco has been this. From the time that he's been in Baltimore to all the other stuff that he's had himself too is he's a gamer. He has one of the best deep balls you've seen guys have. And what do we have a whole lot of uh, issues at? We ain't going to say a whole lot of issues. We have issues in the secondary. Like, let's be real about it. If you can – Put uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, in a hostile environment on the road, and they probably get the ball out quick, or they have enough play action where they can go deep on plays. That could be an issue for us. Give me the young guy. But if you do get Joe Flacco, I know this: he's not mobile like Zach. You get to him if you possibly can, because what they have issues at their offensive line. Yeah. So they're giving up nine sacks on the season so far. So with that, I attack Joe. As long as we keep the top on the back of the defense, you have an opportunity. But um, we'll see how that's going to shake out when it comes to who is picking uh, or who's starting at quarterback for him. But give me uh, give me Zach for sure. Give you Zach. Wow. I did not think you were going to say that, Ramon. I thought for sure with the history you've had with the Ravens and, and knowing how the Steelers <laughs> have played well against Joe, I thought for sure you'd go Flacco. Uh, no. You know, that. I don't know if you saw the Sunday, if you watched any of that Sunday night game uh, between the Niners and the Broncos, but that yeah. was just a, a boring just slug. slug fest. Yeah. I got a feeling that this game could be like uh, this Steelers Jets game could be that way because I don't have a lot of high hopes for the Jets offense. I don't have a lot of high hopes for the Steelers offense right now. <laughs> and I got a feeling this could be one of those 10-7, you know, 13-3. Uh, this yeah. is low scoring, not a lot happening, you know, war of attrition kind of games, which honestly I think Mike Tomlin may welcome the way things have gone and just want to see his team just, you know, absolutely dogfight out a win. Go get one right. 
Um, the, but this is the 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 thing when it comes down to the Jets, they have some good components. Corey Davis is is mm-hmm. is, a, is a good wide receiver. Um, John Franklin Myers is another one of those guys too. CJ Uzama is another guy that's pretty good. They have some players, man. I'm not gonna underestimate them this year. I mean, this week coming up, Brees Hall is another guy that's been decent, man. And just you kind of say to yourself in a sense that look. We got to just simply be the better team this week. And we're going to break down more of that this week as, you know, we get closer to game day with the Jets. But um, I'm I'm not out on just saying, hey, we just got to, you know, control the game. Like, no, we need to dominate this one, man. The O-line got to take another step. If they take that extra step, Eddie, then that leads to a lot of other things for yes, what does. this team is capable of because – if they can stay on the field longer with controlling the ball, then there's less exposure to our secondary. They kind of got ate apart a little bit when it comes down to what the Browns did to them on Thursday night. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. I'm excited for this game because I think it's an opportunity for the Steelers to, you know, yeah. establish some identity, which I don't think they've done this year. So, yet, but home game, got to show and prove. Got to show up. Got to show up. Yep. When we come back, it's the only segment that matters. Everyone's hey, favorite mo. segment. Hey, hey Mo. mo. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's everybody's favorite segment, the Hey Moan segment, which is always brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where it's all about quality. We have three expert chefs that fine-tune every detail so that every sub and burger, salad, wrap, drink, appetizer, all the things that you order on their uh, on their menu are made with fresh ingredients, and it always tastes amazing. Order your favorites at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. You better believe it. Moan. I don't have a question for you. It's more of a comment okay. uh, from the uh, from the comment section on YouTube. And this is from Chris on YouTube who says, the defense was shot out. Witherspoon looked like he was chasing his older brother all night. Gassed, gassed, gassed. Looks like the little giants out there. I'm going to couple that with a comment uh, from Chase Claypool, a quote from Chase Claypool who said, it's frustrating when the defense is on the field for a long time and then we, talking about the offense, go three and out. Yeah. It looks like the offense is starting to take a little bit of ownership for the problems that the defense was showing Thursday night and even a little bit on uh, you know last week against the New England Patriots, or two weeks ago against the New England Patriots. Um, as an offense, yeah. right, as, a, as an offensive lineman, um, what kind of pride or what kind of ownership do you take on that side of things where, you know, if you're not giving the defense time to get a break and catch a breather, it's hard for them to come out and do their job. Talk about the offensive mentality of that. Man, it's a sense of pride. Like, it legitimately mm-hmm. is, man. I'm, I'm, and I'm glad Chase kind of owned up to that, too, because me being a former player, I remember having those feelings. You know, I remember watching our defense go out and crush it, you know, and when they were really good, when you had some Hall of Famers on that defense and we'd be out there sputtering and just trying to figure out, man, like, w- what are we? You know, like, what do we need to do as a friggin' team, man, as an offense? Um, it's embarrassing. Um, and, and you also kind of say to yourself, like, I know we're good enough, but why the heck can I get, you know, get going when it comes down to uh, being productive on offense? So I'm glad that he kind of said that. It lets me know that they're feeling that pressure and that pressure in itself should hopefully bring about results. Um, and, and then you got to just kind of ask yourself, well, what do we do? How do we go about it? It's one play at a time. Mm-hmm. It is making the plays that's got to come your way. Um, as much as I want to put on the players, they deserve it. But also the play calling of it, like the, uh, the offensive co- coaches have to feel that too. 
there's pressure in delivering, man. There's pressure in being in the NFL. But guess what? You sign up for that. This is a part of that journey. I'm all here for that, for Chase kind of saying that uh, out loud because it, it, it sucks, man, to have them play renegade. They get a big turnover. You get the ball, and then you got a punt. It's for nothing at that point, you know? It's deflating. It's deflating. It's deflating. The, so my I guess the thing that I'm going to keep coming back to, I mentioned, mentioned it at the end of last segment, but this is my thing right now with this offense. There's no identity. Yeah. Are they going to be, you know, not are they going to be the ground and pound Najee Harris, Jalen Warren type of offense where the offensive line just road grates people? Yeah. Or do they want to be this, you know, kind of gimmick, uh, almost West round, Coast kind of motion. Yeah, motion, all that kind of stuff? Like, I know what you want to see as an offensive lineman. I know where yeah. you, where your pride lays, but the way this offense is built because they do have athletes on the outside. Yeah. What in your mind should be the, the identity of this Steelers offense moving forward? If they're going to be successful. My thing is in that, why can't they be both? Because they have it. Okay. Uh, A a team that I like uh, the team that I like watching that does that type of stuff, even though they had a bad showing on Sunday night football, that's that's San Francisco. They're physical as hell. They also okay. will use a bunch of trickeration and throwing down the field that make you be like, oh, my gosh, what was that play? And they have the guys for that. It's a matter of either being creative enough and having the right uh, playbook to call it or simply um, executing it when it comes down to you being a playmaker yourself. Like it could be fast ball down the field when it comes to throwing the ball, or it could simply be grounding pound and slowing it down, but it's a matter of executing it up front. This team is young offensively. It's growing. Mitch is new. If they're not going to go with him anytime soon, man, and even if it is, Kenny, it's still new. It's figuring out how are we as a group. Um, So, <laughs> Eddie, I'm looking for both. I'll be completely honest with you because I know what they have – inside of that offensive meeting room. And they have the ability to go both ways when it comes down to either being explosive or either being a West Coast type of offense or really just ground and pound people out of the, out of uh, Akershire Stadium. I, I think, you know, if I'm understanding you correctly, I think this is one of those teams where depending on matchup, and we've even heard Tomlin yeah. allude to this a little, depending on matchup is how, you know, what the identity is going to be of the offense. I don't know that I like that personally, but it sounds like that's kind of where you're leaning. And that's, I mean, honestly, if I listen to Mike Tomlin in his press conferences, that's where he's leaning. So you think that is a possibility for this offense? 100%. And truthfully, I don't see why it's not the case. (laughs) That's just where I will lay my hat, Eddie. (laughs) And you know what that means? If he, meaning Matt Canada, don't have the solutions to to actually get this going in the right direction, then what do people usually always do in the NFL? They'll go find somebody who does. Yeah. And I know this is way too early to even speak of that, but that's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And it's got to grow and it's got to grow fast. Even like from a stability standpoint where, you know, you're trying to, you know, I, I hear Najee Harris use this term a lot, stock, stacking bricks. Right. You know, you you kind of want to be able to build off something. We talked about that with the offensive line. You you don't think that having you know having an offense that maybe doesn't have a singular identity but has the ability to morph when they need to. You don't even think that like from a stability standpoint or a uh, you know a repetition standpoint that's not going to hurt them. No, I don't think okay. so. All right, yeah, interesting. Yeah, 
Cool. Well, Ramon, the last two days have been fun. Uh, Wednesday, DK should be back. Uh, although I, I'll say that, and then you know, there's days where <laughs> I, I surprise everybody. Uh, but no, I think DK will be back by Wednesday. Uh, it's been fun, Ramon. It's been fun, everyone else. Thanks for watching, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. See you.